1: To the War Room. This is Bill Evans. on the phone with me. I guess you're back in Waco now. You got your van fixed?
2: <laughs> yes, sir. I'm back home, thank God.
1: Okay, well, that can be none other than Pastor Rusty Thomas of Operation Save America. Rusty, welcome to the War Room.
2: Thank you so much, Brother Bill. It's a joy to be with you.
1: Well, we've been, we've had a delightful, spirited hour and a half or so of preliminary talk just You know, fellowshipping with one another and comparing notes. Brother Rusty has been, obviously, at the center of a lot of recent attention, but that's not what we're here to talk about today. As a battle-hardened veteran, 101st Airborne, right, Screaming Eagles?
2: Yes, sir, or, or sometimes known as the puking buzzers, depends on who you're speaking with.
1: We're going to instead of uh, we're normally this is the war room. Generally, is on Reconstructionist Radio, but today you might think you dialed into Pentecost Radio uh, because we're going to talk about the personal work of the Holy Spirit as it pertains to spiritual warfare, the gifts of the Spirit, and uh, and knowing the enemy. And you know, Scripture we're told you know we're not un, we're a mature believer is not unaware of the devil's schemes. He's, he's a roaring lion. He's an angel of light. He's a liar from the beginning. And yet in the, in the, in the heat of battle and in our desire to take godly dominion, you're going to run, we run it, we run into obstacles, not just of a physical nature or magisterial nature, but of a personal spiritual nature as well that are great theology. You might be able to exegete scripture, and you might know the tulip, and you might have your eschatological keys crossed right, but if you don't know how to wage war in the spirit, you're going to become a battlefield casualty, right, brother? Buddy, I've seen
2: it so many times, brother Bill, that men and women who, you know, were convicted by God uh, to stop ignoring the injustice and that is taking place, you know, in our nation, and seeing the abominations of, you know, child sacrifice, the shedding of innocent blood, parading our sin like Sodom, knowing that we were in deep trouble with God, you know, to cross that line of obedience and show up for battle. And uh, what happens, buddy, is they start off very, very well, and they really do love God and they really want to serve God. But what they, what they're not prepared for is there's a cup, coming brother and this is not a cup of blessing you know this, this is a this is a, a brutal cup you know and, and there's a baptism coming and this ain't a baptism of water this, it's, it's a baptism of fire and what happens is you know we have to understand stand, especially when it comes to abortion brother this is satan's crown jewel You study the scriptures. Anytime he raises his ugly head, he goes after the seed of man. That was the lessons in Moses' time. It was the lesson in Christ's time. And so when you touch this, brother, you are going to draw the ire of the evil one. There's going to be retaliation. It's like what the Apostle Paul talked about when, when, when he said, you know, because of the abundance of revelation there was sent to me a messenger of Satan to buffet me. And he said, he asked the Lord three times to take it away, and God said, my grace is sufficient for you. So in other words, this is just a spiritual principle, brother. To the degree that God works in and through us to advance his kingdom, uh, to reveal his great salvation amongst men and nation, it is to that degree we are going to be persecuted, we are going to be opposed, and we are going to be resisted. Now, what's so great about the sovereignty of God in that, Brother Bill, is the fact that as we're going through this battle, you know, and uh, you know, people are attacking us, the enemy is attacking us, Christ is forging his character in us and using that to defeat his enemies. And I always say this to anybody who considers, you know, crossing this line and entering the battle. There's two things you can be assured of. Number one, spiritual warfare is going to take on a whole new meaning in your life. It's going to go from doctrine and theology and intellect into a spiritual reality in your life, and you have to be careful of any openings in your life, in your marriage, in your family, in the church, in your business, because any opening will be exploited by the enemy to take you on and take you out. But number two, and this is what has kept me going in the battle for so long, Brother Bill, is that we'll get to experience our Lord. In ways we never dreamed possible on this side of heaven, the word of God will absolutely become alive, and our faith will be energized. And I thank God uh, for that process.
1: Rusty, I'm going to talk to you like you are the uh, veteran NCO, and the new guys are coming into the unit, and they are looking to the vet, veterans who've been, who've seen the elephant, as they say. What sort of advice, whether it's specifically abortion, that's the 900-pound gorilla because that's the sin of our age, but obviously whatever you aspire to do, whether it's to evangelize your neighborhood, whether it is to disciple your children, I presume any good thing, any ministry, if you were going to give a, a, a young neophyte advice on how to not be a casualty, in the wars of the Lord, what what pieces of advice would you offer believers? Maybe they've been believers for a long time, but they still have besetting sins or addictions. I don't know whether you would be, believe that uh, that a, a born again, spirit filled Christian can be possessed, but he can certainly be oppressed.
2: Asked out demons uh, uh, from confessing Christians. And, I, you know, I don't know the theology of that, but I am telling you, I've had people who've made a profession of faith in Christ that literally demons manifest, and by, thank God, by his blood and by the unction of the Holy Spirit and the truth of his word, they were driven out and they were set free. And I know people have different theologies and all that kind of stuff, but that, rather, that is a reality. That is an absolute reality, and you bring up something, Brother Bill, which is why I wrote a a booklet called Field Manual for Abortion Ministry, and the subtitle is How to Stay Faithful in the Battle Without Harming Ourselves and Others. And uh, you're a vet, Brother Bill, and you know to wage a good warfare, uh, we must have good intelligence. We, we must know the enemy. We must know his strengths, his weakness, his supply lines. We, we need to know so much about them uh, to wage a good warfare and emerge victorious uh, in the battle. And one of the things that have really has come to light, a few things that I want to share that are so important. First, I want to start off uh, with a scripture. Uh, it's in the book of Isaiah. And what I love about the book of Isaiah is Isaiah uh, experiences two profound uh, realities. Uh, Number one, in Isaiah chapter 6, the curtain between him and heaven is parted. And he gets to see the Lord in all his glory and all his power. And uh, from Isaiah 1 through 5, you know... He is just giving the woes, you know, woe to you, woe to this, woe to Israel, woe to this nation, woe to that nation. I mean, the woes are just coming out of him like machine gun bullets. But in Isaiah chapter 6, when he sees the Lord high and lifted up and his train filling the temple, when he is hearing the angels cry, holy, 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 in the presence of God, for the first time, he says, woe is me. I am undone. Now, this was the prophet of the Lord. This was the Lord's spokesperson in his age. And that is a profound revelation uh, when he sees God in heaven in all of his glory. Well, the same Lord who showed him that, he also parted the curtain to understand Satan and understand the demonic realm, and to get an intelligence report. And we find that in Isaiah chapter 14, and it's verses 12 through 15. I'm just going to say this really briefly, Brother Bill, but this is illuminating. This is what we're up against. He says, How are you fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? We know at one time uh, Satan was Lucifer, the light bearer. Uh, but he became the adversary when he rebelled against the Lord. He says, how you are cut down to the ground, you who weakened the nations. Now watch this. This is the five I wills of Satan. And in these five I wills, we get understanding who this being is and what his ultimate goals are as he has been thrust down upon this earth full of fury. And this is what he says. For you have said in your heart, I will ascend into heaven. I will exalt my throne above the stars of God. I will also sit on the mount of the congregation. One of the things we need to understand about this enemy, he craves religious endorsement. He wants to be in the congregation. I I find it so amazing, Brother Bill, at the most holy, redemptive moment in redemptive history, when Jesus Christ is implementing the Last Supper, as he's implementing the New Covenant with his 12 disciples, who else was in that room at that particular moment. The scripture says, Satan entered Judas. He wanted a spot. He wanted a place at the table. And he goes on to say, he says, I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will be like the most high. Yet you shall be brought down to Sheol to the lowest depths of the pit. So right there, Brother Bill, we get some intelligence report about this enemy who has come to kill, steal, and destroy. And most of the, most of the time, we want to paint him like he's some evil, baddest dude on the block, you know, f- filled with malevolence and, and all this kind of stuff. And, and certainly, there's a reality to him. But what's in his mind? How does he perceive himself? Well, you, you kind of touched upon it where it says he comes as an angel of light and as ministers, as ministers of righteousness. And if you notice, those who promote the abominations of this age, who do they parade out to sell it, you know, to, to the citizen, to sell it to different groups? It's always people with collars on their neck because this enemy Craze, religious endorsement to mask his evil, and it was uh, G.K. Chesterton, brother Bell, who who made this amazing statement. So we understand what we're up against when it comes to this enemy. He, he made this statement. He said, "The world is full of Christian virtues gone mad." And i to say that again. This is really, really important because this is how the enemy is destroying the United States of America. He said, the world is full of Christian virtues gone mad. And this highlights Proverbs 12, 10. It says, the compassion of the wicked is cruel. See, the wicked, they have compassion But it doesn't lead to salvation. It doesn't lead to healing. It doesn't lead to deliverance. It leads to cruelty. So what the enemy has done, he's done a couple of things to seduce this nation to destroy itself. Number one, in the name of love, tolerance, and compassion, he's killing, stealing, and destroying And number two, he has won the battle in the court of public opinion, which has silenced the church to speak against the burning issues of the day that are destroying us, because he has changed the the whole paradigm when it comes to how the church is to be and what we're to do in the name of the Lord. And so the enemy has two Corresponding or competing commandments. You know how we're to love God with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love our neighbor as ourselves? Well, he has abolished that in the United States of America, and now we have two other commandments that we must keep. And God help you if you don't. And what are the two uh, satanic commandments? Do what you will, and thou shalt not judge. Do what you will and thou shalt not judge. And this is now the new mores of the United States of America, and this is the battle that we are in. So what the enemy has done uh, in our age and in America, he has hijacked the fruits of the Spirit, the love, the joy, the peace, the faith, and all that kind of stuff, and he misapplies it and misappropriates it to kill, steal, and destroy, and for whatever reason, most of the church do not detect or discern his operations. And that's why this is so important. The other thing, and we we talked about this, Brother Bill, is we know there's a trinity. We know there's God the Father, there's God the Son, there's God the Holy Spirit. And as believers... In Christ, left in this world to do battle to advance the kingdom of Christ and his salvation amongst men and nation, we need to understand it's the third person of the Godhead that our Lord sent after he was resurrected and ascended to be with us, to be in us, and to work through us. And I find it so amazing. When you look at the Old Testament going into the New Testament, Brother Bill, Satan is mentioned, the devil is mentioned in the Old Testament, but where do we see Satan and demons manifest to the point they're out of control, they cannot hide in the darkness, they can't maintain their resting place in the congregation, and they're literally preaching the gospel, they're screaming who Christ is. You are the Holy One of God. why, Why is it taking place at that particular time? Well, there's a number of reasons. Obviously, Christ has come. He came to establish his kingdom in the earth. And one of the things that separated Christ, not only was he God in the flesh, but the Scripture says he had the Spirit without measure. And we know what happened when, when, you know, he got baptized and he was driven into the wilderness and led by the Spirit of God and the great battle that ensued and how he came out of that desolation just filled with the Holy Spirit. And what did he do? He healed the sick. Uh, He raised the dead, and he cast out demons. And we have to understand in this battle for life, however you want to deal with it, yes, it's good to have theology, it's good to have doctrine, it's good to have sound teaching uh, of the scriptures. We need to be led by the Holy Spirit. We need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Because I have been in this battle a long, long time, Brother Bill, and what I've learned is you can't counsel a demon, and you can't cast out the flesh, and we need discernment, Brother. We need discernment, and we do need to be open for the Holy Spirit to fill us, and as he wills, as he divides, to have the gifts of the Spirit in operation. In other words, in this battle, we we need to know when we need to preach, and minister God's Word and discuss theology and doctrine and all that kind of stuff, and and that's kind of horizontal. But we also need to know that God has given us weapons of warfare that are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds and breaking down strongholds. We need to know about prayer and intercession and praying in the spirit. And we need to know about praise and worship uh, as not just an honor to God, but a weapon uh, in warfare. The scripture talks about the high praises of God in our mouth and a two-edged sword in our hand to bind tens and powers. This is the heritage, you know, of, of the servants of the Lord, the saints of God. Uh, we, we need to know you know, when to be quiet, when to speak. We, we need to know how to be governed by the Word of God and led by His Holy Spirit. We need to know when we go horizontal or when we go vertical. You, you, you see what it's like out, out there sometimes, Brother Bill, the noise uh, level is so intense, the blowing horns, the, the, the ringing cowbells. You know, and we're still trying to reason with them. Well, you know, maybe that's the time we just need to get on our knees. And maybe that's the time we just need to cry out to God. Or maybe that's the time we we offer praise and we offer worship. And so, brother, we desperately need to be filled with the Holy Spirit and operate under his power. Because what did Jesus say? He says, he says, If I, by the Spirit of God, cast out demons, then you know the kingdom of God has come amongst you. And we need, yes, we need our intellect, we need our strategies, we need to have sound doctrine. I'm not making light of that, but I am telling you, to advance the kingdom of God, to crush evil, and set the captive free. Brother, we need the person of the Holy Spirit to be in us, fill us, and use us to win the day, brother. So those are very, very important truths we must
1: bring to the table. It seems preposterous that we're even having the discussion, whether it's among, in theological circles or between denominations of are we continuationists or are we cessationists? And it's like, you mean, you really question that whether or not in the, the Latter Testament, the Newer Testament, we we're, we're, we're have these gifts of the Spirit explained, and we know that as we drive the enemy back, he becomes ever more fierce, ever more desperate, and he will employ every trick in his arsenal precisely when you need the the gifts of the holy spirit and i think i think there is a new wind if i may say so blowing uh, in certain sectors of the reconstructionists and hopefully within the camps of abolitionists of all stripes these sort of these phrases that are scattered around the bible like pray in the spirit or pray without ceasing well how do you pray without ceasing without the holy spirit Rusty, you've seen a lot of casualties, a lot of men and women who started well, who didn't finish, they burned out, they became casualties of war. What do you tell a person to keep from becoming a casualty of war? I mean, like, when you step on a mine, it's important that you know immediately that you have stepped on a mine, because your next step will be your last step if you step on a mine. So it's important that people immediately know you know where they are how does a guy know when what he's facing are powers and principalities and forces of darkness and heavenly places and when he's not just facing his own carnal nature rising up
2: well that's really really good questions brother bill you know like you said bro you, you learn some lessons along the way brother and and uh some of the lessons I've learned in this battle that has enabled me to continue moving forward and serving God is I have learned a few things, buddy, that has kept me uh, on track with the Lord. Now, were there are times I was waylaid, distracted, devastated, dark nights of the soul? You betcha. We got to get over the suffering issue, and we got to get over the death issue. We overcome. Uh, the enemy and defeat him by the blood of the Lamb, the word of our testimony, and loving not our lives so much as to shrink back from death. So we gotta understand it's in Christ where we die and it's in Christ where we live. And I've learned in this battle, brother, you can't intimidate a dead man. You can't bribe a dead man. You know, you can't threaten a dead man. And, and, those, and those who truly know the Lord, brother, and, and have their faith as an anchor secured in him, brother, we can have great confidence, we can have great boldness, uh, and, and yet I temper that with compassion and all the other fruits of the Spirit that God brings into our lives. So, so what I have learned, brother, is it's not the attack, it's not the reprisal, it's not the retaliation, that that matters. I mean God tells us this is gonna happen and he says don't consider it a strange thing. But of course we do consider it strange when people lie about us, mistreat us, think the worst of us, you know, um, you know, you have the usual suspects, you know, the media, the government, the pro aborts, the sodomites, you know, you have all those attacking, but then Sometimes, fiery darts come through unexpected sources. Friendly fire, your family, your friends, your church. And honestly, brother, most of us do not live our lives putting up our shield of faith against those we love. But uh, the enemy is a subtle enemy. And believe me, uh, if you start having impact, if you're starting to be effectual, if you're becoming a danger uh, to, you know, breaking demonic strongholds and, 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 and uh, you know, spoiling his goods, uh, and they're no longer at peace, believe me, uh, you're going to be attacked, and, and typically through unexpected sources. So when that dart hits, it hits hard, and it pierces, and it hurts, and it wounds, and we become offended. And the danger right there, Brother Bill, is what we call the scandalon. The Scandalon, that's where we get the word scandal. And it's sort of like a big game hunter kind of imagery where, you know, hunters go after big game and lions and tigers and bears, oh, my. And what they do is they just build, you know, dig these deep pits, and they put foliage over it, and they hang a bloody piece of meat over that trap. And, of course, the lion comes along, and he sees that bloody piece of red meat, he feels totally justified according to nature to jump on that bloody piece of meat, but when he does, to the pit he goes, and he becomes ensnared, and he becomes entrapped, and what happens then is a root of bitterness rises up, and the scriptures warn against this, brother, that that root of bitterness will defile you, and it will defile many. And so now the pure well of salvation that was once in your soul has become polluted with poison. And I have seen it so many times, brother Bill, great men of God, once used mightily of God, but you know, engaged in this battle. And before you know it, there's hurts, there's wounds, there are, there are offenses and they begin to, they, they minister from that, from that place. And so what I have learned, it's not the attack, it's not the persecution, it's how we respond to it that makes all the difference of the world. And this is where the example of the Lord comes in so mightily, brother. And you can read about it in 1 Peter chapter 2, where it talks about the Lord left an example for us to follow. And so when, when there was guile, you know, being poured out against him, He didn't return guile for guile, but he entrusted himself to his heavenly father. And so what is the example of our Lord? How did he handle the battle? Well, he stood for the truth. He spoke the truth boldly, but when he was persecuted for it, instead of returning guile for guile, he returned love and forgiveness. And that is what broke the powers of darkness. And that is what unleashed God's salvation in the earth. And so this is, this is critical. The other thing, brother, is sometimes in battle, and I've seen this too, and this is a disaster, is when we do suffer for the cause of Christ, we get this, uh, idea called personal liberties. You know, just personal liberties. You know, the Lord sees how much I'm fighting the battle. He sees how much I'm suffering for the cause, so surely he might not mind A, B, or C. And you can kind of name your poison, but the bottom line is if you if you give this enemy an inch, he's going to take a mile. And I've seen so many men of God, I've seen their lives completely destroyed um, through this so-called personal liberty issue. And so, brother, when the scripture says that we're to be vigilant, that we're to be on guard because this enemy goes about like a roaring lion seeking who may devour, that's not empty words. In the scripture, it's very, very real. And the other thing, sometimes, brother, we got to recognize that our strengths in the Lord can become our very weaknesses. And what I mean by that is simply this. If the enemy can't get you going bad, to over sin, to neutralize you and paralyze you in the battle, he'll get you going good. And how can he get us going good? It's called spiritual pride. It's called self-righteousness. It's called a holier-than-thou attitude. And God says that stinks the heavens. And so I'm telling you, brother, these are things we definitely need to guard against. And it cannot be personal. Brother, this cannot be personal. We can't take things personal. We gotta take things principally, and particularly as men. We gotta think and act biblically, principally, governmentally, and jurisdictionally. And if we'll, if we'll do that, these are the guideposts that God will use to help us negotiate through this battle, brother. So like the apostle Paul, you know, on that day, you know, I ran my lap of the race. I kept the faith. I fought the good fight, and now there's a crown awaiting for me. God help us to finish this battle well, Brother Bill.
1: How can a person tell when he's up against more than just his flesh, but he's up against spiritual forces that he needs to, well, that he needs to call in the heavy artillery
2: I would say this, brother, if it's a work of the flesh, and especially if it's something that you kind of repented of and and, uh, you've walked away from and it continues to dog you and enslave you, then you're probably not in the realm of the flesh. You're dealing with a demonic power. And again, you can't... There is no rationale applied, there is no reason applied that can defeat demons. They don't give a rip about our logic, our reason, and our rationale. The only thing that gets their attention is the blood of the Lamb, the unction of the Holy Spirit, and unsheathing the sword of the Spirit to break their bondage and set people free. And I have seen it so many times, brother. I've seen the miraculous realm of God bring healing and deliverance and salvation. I, I, I wish we could just have a at time. We can just go through some stories here how I've seen this in action. So what this requires, brother Bill, is discernment. We need discernment. And we need to know when it's an operation of the work of the flesh, and when there is demonic activity involved. But I will say this. We know biblically that Satan and demons have been chained in darkness. That's what the scripture says. He's already made an open show of them. He's already defeated them, and they are chained even now. They, they are on a chain. Though that mad dog is on a chain, when we willfully sin, and we practice sin as believers, we're moving closer and closer to that rabid dog on a chain. And if we get too close, he will bite. And his poison and his influence will enter our lives, and it will wreak havoc. Uh, and if that has happened and you can't deal with it, then you go to brothers and sisters in Christ uh, who know How have deliverance ministry. There is such a thing as deliverance ministry. I've only done it maybe about 12 times in my walk with the Lord, brother, but I am telling you I have seen demons manifest, and I have seen the power of the name of Jesus Christ completely drive them out, and I've seen people set free, literally holding themselves, rocking themselves, as as God ministered His love and His truth and His redemption to them. So this is very, very real. A lot of our theology, a lot of our doctrine blinds us to this reality.
1: Yeah, unless my listeners think that uh, Reformed people don't track along with that, you know, that's just something for Charismatics or Pentecostals. You know, I had a brother today. I talked to him before I got on the phone with Rusty. This, This brother is a... The most reformed person I know, he ran with the likes of Rush Dooney and North and Bonson, and yet he was talking to me today about demon possessed woman that he's dealing with in his in this counseling, this marital situation. There's a reason why we're not we're not to go into battle by ourselves. Christ sent out his disciples in twos. We're told in Ecclesiastes that that woe to the one who falls when there's not another to lift him up. You want to survive to fight another day. Don't wander off into battle by yourself. Have a wingman.
2: I do want to end with this, brother, just to bring some caution and some balance to it. You know, I was birthed into the kingdom through the charismatic renewal, and I don't apologize for that. I I have known the miraculous realm of God, and to a certain extent, I still walk in it. But I will say uh, a lot of the charismatic and the Pentecostal circles have done great harm to the word of God. Um they're they're experience based and when you're experience based uh you you can give room to spooky spiritualness and outright deception. And that's why the Bible says test the spirit. You've got to test the spirits whether these things are from God. And that's why we have the word of God and that's why we're to have mature brethren uh, in the church uh, to judge Um, whether it's a prophecy or any manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. But the problem is, because of the abuse, so many believers have thrown the baby out with the bathwater. And there is something genuine and needful when it comes to our Reformed uh, and Calvinistic brethren that they bring to the table, so important for the health of the church, but there is something that the charismatics bring to the table that is really good. And that's the power and presence of the Holy Spirit. It's not an either or thing. And I think the, the apostle Paul said it well in, in first Corinthians where he says, I want all things to be done, but with decency and order. Now our reformed brethren, they got decency and order down. They got their T's crossed. They got their I's dotted. I mean, they, 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 they got their systematic theology down, okay? But he, when he says, I want all things to be done, if you read the previous chapter, he's talking about a church service allowing the Holy Spirit to move and have his way uh, through the gifts of the Spirit. And he says, I want it to be done, but I want decency and an order, And when the day comes, brother, we know it's going to come, because we're all going to come into the unity of faith. We're all going to come into that perfect man of Christ in the earth. We know that God has planned this, and it's going to happen. Could you imagine, brother, when the power of the Holy Spirit couples with the truth teaching of his word? Could you imagine how beautiful and how powerful the church of the living God is going to be in this earth that is going to just shine forth God's precious jewels. And, I, brother, I know that's where God is taking this. I know that's where he's bringing us. But right now, brother, we got a lot we have to work through in order to get there.
1: Amen. I'm going to close with two, two, two uh, comments. Number one is that walking in the Spirit and these, spirit, and these principles of spiritual warfare – Are not secrets. They're right there in scripture. You know, we're not Gnostics. We're not getting some special insight. It's not right there in the text. It's right there in the text. There's a a phrase that's popular more in reform circles. It's called the ordinary means of grace. That God has given us His Word, prayer, the fellowship of the saints, and the grace that comes through our testimony and through giving of ourselves and serving others, these are ordinary things, but they result in extraordinary transformations. They're available to everybody. And I would say a, a simple tactic that you know Paul said he didn't speak about things that he hadn't uh, that he hadn't put into practice himself. But I need to say you know here and now that I need to spend at least as much time in the Word as I do on Facebook. How about that? (laughs) Uh, Can I I get an amen? Amen, buddy. I, I need to spend as much time on bended knee or on my faith as I do in the Word. Amen. We have a good barometer that's given to us in Scripture. It's called the fruit of the Spirit. Amen. You know, if you're not manifesting the fruit of the Spirit, you're not on course. You know, you may have the gifts of the Spirit, but how many know that you can destroy a brother with, with your gifts? Yeah, you can. If it's not tempered, modified, and controlled and manifesting the fruit of the Spirit.
2: Brother Bill is so critical of what you're bringing up. we got to discern between the fruits of the Spirit and the gifts of the Spirit in the sense that gifts are given, but fruit is grown. In other words, Man. men are impressed with gifting. What God is impressed with is character. And I have seen men who are very gifted uh and even have gifts of the Spirit flowing through them but knew that their personal lives were in shamble. And I used to scratch my head and wonder, what in the world? How could God honor this? Well, we know this. The gifts and callings of God are without repentance. Once God gifts you, it's it stuck with you. Now, you will have to give an account on that day what you did with that gift, but he's never removing it from you. But here is the, the most important thing is that, it is the fruit of the Spirit that really creates sort of that, that, that foundation for the gifts of the Spirit to flow in such a way that the glory goes to God and not to men. And we've got to be very, very careful when it comes to these treasures that God has bestowed upon us, brother.
1: I appreciate you, Rusty, for joining me here today and us, you know, entering into this sort of this realm. This will be your uh, confession of faith. Didn't have a chapter on praying in the Spirit. The gifts are, are, are even really much to say about the person and work of Holy Spirit. He's not an it, he's a person. He's, yes, he uh, is. There's no definite article in front of Hagios Numos. It's not the Holy Spirit. It's Holy Spirit. Mm. And you think, well, this is, this is really, this is, this is off point. What is this about? Nothing is more tactical than surviving spiritual warfare. So I appreciate this veteran, this brother in Christ. May we all seek the baptism of the Holy Spirit and to be full of the Spirit and to walk in the Spirit and to pray at all times in the Spirit and to take advantage of the full arsenal of weapons that God has given to us namely psalms and hymns and spiritual songs and singing and making melody on our hearts to the Lord. And, and this is this all is spiritual warfare. And it doesn't matter if you've got your, your, your solteriology down. A bit of,
2: you know, the great charismatic passage is Acts 1.8. You, you shall receive power from on high. The word you know is dunamis, the dynamite of God. He says, when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And he says the reason why he's sending us the power of the Holy Spirit is so that we could be his witnesses, you know, starting in Judea to the uttermost parts of the earth. And I think most of the people who know their Greek know the word for for witness is martyr. In other words, when God poured out his Holy Spirit, to fill us with the baptism of the Holy Spirit, giving us the Holy Spirit knowing full well what we were going to face uh, in this battle. We were going to face the same opposition, the powers of darkness that our Lord faced, and he overcame. And so we got to know ultimately the reason why we need to be filled with the Holy Spirit is so that God will give us the power and the courage to choose our faith Instead of our own personal comfort, uh, in other words, if we have to choose between us and our stuff, we're going to choose the Lord. If we got to choose between imprisonment or our freedom, when it comes to our faith, we're going to choose, you know, the Lord. And if God forbid, if we ever come to the place, we have to choose between our life or our faith. God will rise up by the power of his Holy Spirit, and we will not deny him. And, and this is, he talked about... Why the filling of the Holy Spirit and the baptism is so important because this is what gives us the power to be his martyrs in this battle. And, and of course, we know the world, brother, is working overtime to condition us to deny the Lord. And we need him, brother. We need his Holy Spirit flat out.
1: Thank you for joining us today. Be good, Brethren. Search the Scriptures and see whether or not these things are so. You know we're not speaking extra-biblically here. Rusty Thomas, I, I know that you have been on the receiving end of some criticism. I know that you also are loved, and hopefully, our our the saints uh, that are listening to the war room here or, or that are not will be keeping you and the brothers in Louisville in prayer. As God leads you, you know, God's plans are known to God. Ours is not to reason why. Ours is but to do or die. <laughs> <laughs>
2: Amen, buddy.
1: Thank you, brother. Right, love Thank you, Brother Bill. Thank you
2: so much. All right. Bless you, bro. Keep pressing on.
0: Thank you for joining us in the War Room. Please enjoy The Nation's Rage, Psalm 2, by My Soul Among Lions.